0: Well, good morning, Grace. It's great to be with you from wherever you're joining us from. For those of you that don't know me or haven't had the chance to meet me because of COVID, my name is Steve Kennedy. I, uh, for one more week, am the youth and family pastor here at Grace. It's been an amazing seven years that I've spent with all of you in a community that I love Uh, It has been a great opportunity for me to work with students for that entire seven-year period, uh, but also to work with kids' ministry, tech, small groups. So thank you for making making me feel a part of this family, and uh, I hope I've done the same for you as well. For anyone from Grace Youth that is tuning in this morning, your youth leaders love you so good to have you a part of this community i am so encouraged for what your leadership team will do moving forward and while my family and i will be in stratford in the coming weeks we will be praying for you and cheering you on from the sideline Uh, this community is not going anywhere we will forever be a part of the grace community church family while I was preparing this message, I was thinking about, you know, what is, what is going to relate with people? What is God speaking uh, to me? What, what do I need to know personally? And uh, I think a lot of people are, are resonating with this type of topic, so it's nothing new. Uh, but the, the idea that I feel like God gave to me this week was, what do we do during difficult seasons? What do we do when we face challenges, difficulty, uh, and it can be anything? Okay, this would be a great opportunity for you to just pause and reflect on your own life right now. What are you going through in this season? What have you gone through in the past? Uh, It could be COVID is a big one. It could be transitions. It could be family stress. What about family loss? Anytime you face difficulty, I really hope that this message will be an an opportunity for you to experience hope. It's really not a teaching. It's not a new profound message for you. But actually, I I feel like God uh, wanted to remind me of a simple truth this week. And I hope that He can remind you as well. There's a movie called interstellar I don't know if you've seen it before uh, but it's great it's a fan there's it, it, basically the premise is this uh, the world is becoming uninhabitable for humans it's a big problem that they're facing and so they need to find a solution on how humanity will continue on there's a, a genius NASA scientist who comes up with this idea that let's send all of humanity on a spaceship through a wormhole and we'll find a new planet where we can call, uh, call it home. But before we do something as risky as sending everyone on this, uh, this trip through the galaxy, through potentially multiple galaxies, they send a small group of astronauts on this journey first. And one of those astronauts is played by Matthew McConaughey. He uh, is in a really difficult situation. When he's asked to go on this journey, he has a, a really young daughter. And he decides that it is worth it to leave his daughter, to leave his home, to leave all of humanity so that he can potentially save them. And... If you've watched space and sci-fi movies before, you know there are some amazing timelines that happen because for Matthew McConaughey, because of the the distance he's traveling and the time it's taking, uh, it seems like time is barely moving for him. I mean, over the course of the movie, he barely ages while his young daughter, she lives her entire life. She, uh, you know, grows up Without her father there, she then has children of her own. Her children have children. And at the end of the movie, we get to meet his daughter uh, as an elderly woman laying in her deathbed. And they reunite. It's a really sad and yet beautiful scene where she is surrounded by her children and her grandkids. And her father walks into the room and they have this really simple conversation. Um, it, it goes like this. Uh, they, they talk a little bit and there's some preamble. And then she says, nobody believed me, <clears throat> but I knew you would come back. And her father, played by Matthew McConaughey, says, how did you, how did you know that? How could you possibly know that? And she said... My dad made a promise to me. That's how I knew. You made a promise to me. See, difficult situations uh, for all humans, it's, it's really not a matter of when, uh, or a matter of if, but a matter of when and how often. Often. See, facing difficulty and challenge in our lives seems to be as as normal as breathing, as preparing a meal, as getting ready for your next day. Uh, Difficulty is a part of the human condition. And and so as we look at our own difficult situations, whatever that may be, I think it's a a good practice to look at how uh, previous generations dealt with that difficulty. How did ancient humans, how did uh, our grandparents, how did our parents and now how can we deal with difficult situations in our life because they're going to happen? It might not be as big as traveling through a wormhole, through multiple galaxies, but difficult situations are going to happen. And so as I have read uh, scripture and trying to get this overarching narrative in my mind of what is going on, it, it seems to me that more often than not, the Bible is not a collection of stories of, of human triumph. I mean, there are heroes of our faith, but often the stories are more about human difficulty than human triumph. Seems like the 66 books of the Bible are a collection of difficulty and challenge and turmoil and just not knowing what to do. And so when I notice that, I then say, well, what is the response to that difficulty? And I've I've become fascinated by this very uh, repeated response that God gives to difficult situations that humans face. It's very uh, unexpected for me. When humans are facing difficult situations in the Bible, God often avoids advice and instead reminds humans of who he is, what his character is like, what he will do and has done and has always done. God reminds people during difficult situations about who he is. No advice I think that 's a little bit different than the human response you know when when a um a friend of ours or a neighbor or a relative goes through a difficult season, often we immediately jump to giving advice. And I just think that is often the wrong decision. Uh, someone says, oh, I'm going through this situation. And we immediately start thinking about, uh, if you did this differently, it would go away. If this, uh, you know, do these three steps. Have you read this self-help book? Uh, do these things and you will avoid it rather than just listening to what they're going through. Advice is a good thing, don't get me wrong. I mean, there are parts in Scripture where God gives us advice. Advice is a good thing. But often what I'm noticing is when difficult situations happen, God chooses to remind us of who he is. And so we come to the most ironic statement that I I think I have ever said on a stage before. Uh, Here is my advice to you this week. No advice. Let's just remind ourselves and open ourselves up to the truth and the reminder of who God is in this world that is often so filled with brokenness. I'd like to uh, look at two examples this morning, although there are (laughs) hundreds of examples to choose from. I'm looking at the start of Scripture and at the end of Scripture. Uh, Specifically, I want to start with the book of Job. And we meet the main character who the book is named after, and he is going through one of the most horrible seasons of his life, something that I cannot imagine. Uh, Job has done nothing wrong. He has made all the right decisions. He doesn't know why this happens, and yet he loses his entire family. He loses his job security and all of his wealth. And at the end, he loses his health, actually. He becomes really sick. And at the end of himself, Job sits in a pile of ashes. He tears his clothes, and he just doesn't know what to do. And so he starts to think and pray and search after God. His friends show up, and they start giving him awful advice Because I think that's our human tendency to immediately jump to advice. And he keeps saying, I don't think you're you're understanding what's going on. That advice doesn't ring true. And what I want to focus on this morning is the response of God. Okay, we jump to chapter 38 and 39. And Job has been sitting in this pile of ashes. He is just done. He has no idea what to do. And God speaks to him and reminds Job who he is, what his character is like, and he provides hope. Let me read some of that for you this morning. God says to Job, Job, have you ever in your life commanded the morning? Have you made the dawn know its place? Have you ever entered the springs of the sea and walked in the depth of the ocean?" Job, have you ever entered the storehouses of the snow or the storehouses of hail? Job, can you tie up the chains of the Pleiades? Can you untie the cords of Orion? Can you bring out a constellation in its season and guide the bear with her satellites? Put simply, I think Job is reminding or God is reminding Job and reminding all of us a very simple and profound truth of who God is. Job as you face difficult seasons, you need to remember that I am mighty, that I am powerful, that I am a big God in control of the universe, that I am in control. I'm strong enough to deal with your problems. But then God does something really special and he he changes perspectives. He offers a secondary quality of who he is for Job. And he says, Job, can you hunt the prey for the lioness? Can you satisfy the appetite of young lions when they crouch in their hiding places and lie in wait in their lair? Who prepares the food for the raven?" When it's young, cry to God and wander about without food. Do you know the time the mountain goats give birth? Do you observe the calving of the deer? God's saying, Job, I am mighty, I'm powerful, I'm in control, but I am also close. You know, often when we uh, are in a difficult situation, we forget these simple truths about God and often we might remember one of them but forget the full equation and I think God is saying, you need to know both of these truths about who I am. I am mighty and big and powerful and I am close and I care for you. Because so often, what we do in our minds is we might remember one of these things. We say, I remember that God is mighty and powerful, but I don't know if he really cares about my life. I'm pretty insignificant. I don't think he's close to me. Or on the flip side, we might, we might, might remember that God is close to us as we are struggling I don't see God's power in my life. I don't see him using his might. Maybe he's not as strong as I think he is. And God is reminding Job and reminding all of us. Both are true of him in difficulty, in good seasons and bad seasons. Job, I am mighty and I am close. I love you and care for you and I am strong enough to assist you. God is both all-powerful and always near. You know, at the end of our Christian Bible, we have this book called uh, the Book of Revelation. And for a lot of people, it's this confusing story of strange futuristic prophecies and, and weird symbols, but I think at the center of that book, it's a message of hope, For a hurting and broken community. Let me share what I mean about that. Scholars uh, think that the book of Revelation was written at about uh, 95 CE, it's about 60 years after the death of Jesus. Now, whether you've experienced loss in your life or not, I don't think it's uh, hard for us to grasp that this community is still struggling with the loss of Jesus in their lives. They experienced him dying brutally on a cross. They can picture the scars on his back. They are missing their friend. At the same time, the author of Revelation, he has been exiled on an island. He is completely alone. The audience that he is writing to, uh, they are being persecuted, thrown in jail, executed. And the majority of them, if not all of them, are living well below the poverty line. They're struggling. They're broken. They don't know what to do. They feel like we're lost What do we do without Jesus? Why did he have to die in front of us? I don't know what to do about this situation that I find myself in. I feel like I am totally losing control. And the author does offer a little bit of advice, but mostly throughout the entire book, he just says, let me tell you about Jesus. Let me remind you of his character and and who he is cosmically. Let me read some of those passages to you so that you can be reminded as you face difficult seasons in your life. Revelation says, Do not be afraid, for I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys to death and Hades. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and to break its seals? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scrolls or to look into it. Then I began to weep greatly because no one was found worthy. But one of the elders said to me, stop weeping. Behold, the lion that is from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has overcome so as to be able to open the scroll and its seven seals. And there I saw between the throne and the elders a lamb standing. As if slaughtered, he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne and everybody worshipped. See, Job was reminded in his distress that God is mighty and close, both sides of the equation. And the early church has a very similar reminder, but focusing in on the life of Jesus, they're reminded by these verses and the rest of the book of Revelation that Jesus is both king and sacrifice. Again, if we don't have that full equation in our lives, we can see Jesus as king and we think he is this this, uh, revered figure that we just have to do more for. We have to serve more. If bad things are happening in our life, I think we just need to do more. Clearly, we're, we're messing something up. It can make Jesus feel distant, like he's sitting on a throne, not caring about our lives. But when we add Him as king, meaning might and power and control and authority with sacrifice. We get a much fuller picture of who Jesus is. See, uh, Jesus as God looked down on this broken world that we live in, in his authority as king and said, I can fix that. I love them so much. I am a close God and so what is closer than a God becoming human, living on the earth for 33 years, brushing shoulders with people, eating meals with them, having conversations, praying, healing people, living ordinary life with people and then dying on a cross so that everyone could be saved. Jesus is king but Jesus is also sacrifice. God is mighty, but also close. You know, I think the early church is is receiving this really simple truth, and that is, it may look bad, but Jesus is still king. Jesus might have died, and you might be struggling with that, but the mission It's not over. For I was dead, and behold, I am alive forever. Evermore. Jesus is still on mission. Jesus is still serving the world. He is still sitting on the throne. He is king and sacrifice and mighty and close. And when we are facing difficult situations, whether it's like Job or whether it's like the early church or whether it's something completely different, we can be reminded that sometimes we don't need advice and actually we just need a reminder of who God is. Because difficult, different situations, but the same God. Whether the situation is happening 4,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, or today, different situations, but always the same God. And if God tells us that this is who he is, this is his character, this is how he will act, then we can trust that. We can trust that that is true when we face difficulty. God is both mighty and close. He is both king and sacrifice. And so no teaching today, just a simple reminder that that is true in your lives and in my life. Remember that movie reference at the beginning? Right? Matthew McConaughey's elderly daughter is laying on her deathbed, surrounded by her family. She's, I'm willing to bet she lived a difficult life. I mean, she was estranged from her father. Her planet is dying before her eyes. She is dealing with all of these difficult seasons and situations and problems. She is trying to find joy in the midst of it. Uh, And I like to picture her life like this. She's not clinging to truth found in advice. She is not clinging to truth found in self help books. She is clinging to a simple truth that I think she built her life upon, and that is a truth of who her dad is. My dad keeps his promises. I know who my dad is. I know his character. And I know that when he says he's going to do something, he does that. I can get through this difficult season even if that difficult season is my entire life and I don't see the result of it until I'm on my deathbed. I know who my dad is. He keeps his promises. I think our... Heavenly Father keeps his promises too. Jesus keeps his promises. If, if Jesus tells us that he is mighty and he is close, then he is mighty and he is close. If Jesus tells us that he is king and sacrifice, then we can trust that he is king and sacrifice. And so, I want to finish with this simple reminder of truth in your life and my life as we deal with difficult situations. No advice, no three-step plan, just truth. As we face difficulty, know this fact about God. Our Father keeps His promises. Amen.